Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. I'm Suzanne Downing, and my co-host, John Quick, is on the other mic. He is from Nakiski. I'm here in Anchorage. Hey, John, what's going on in um, what's going on in Kenai Peninsula this week? You always have good news. What's going on? Well, Some good news, well, I hope? Thanks so much, Suzanne. John Quick here uh, out in the great Kenai Peninsula borough, and we do have some good news. You know, I try to chime in uh, once a week with some Kenai Peninsula Borough news. And this week we have some awesome news. So Mayor Charlie Pierce, who's kind of been the staunch conservative mayor for the whole state. We have a lot of people, a lot of our readers kind of look to Charlie, Mayor Pierce as one of those last man standings that, that, that stick and, and hold true to conservative values. And he's come out last week and he has said, I've had enough of the mask mandates in schools. He's been a mayor that um, has not mandated any sort of uh, mask requirements or health requirements. He stayed out of that on purpose and has and basically said that I'm gonna leave it up to the own, the own individual to make their own health choices. Now, he doesn't have authority to tell the school districts what to do. And I think that he has probably tried to have meetings with them and and, closed door meetings with them and, and to try to convince them that mask mandates are not going to work for kids. Uh, and those have probably fallen on deaf ears. And so what he's done is he's took into the streets and uh, he came out last week very strong in about a six paragraph uh, public Facebook post saying enough is enough. We don't need to force kids to wear masks during school, uh, during sports games. Uh, and, and kind of pointed towards the Kenai Peninsula Borough for having some pretty good numbers overall as it relates to COVID and giving really the credit to the people for being responsible for their own health. And I would say that fell on 95% of the people that kind of responded or, or chimed in were on that same page. They have kids that are in school that are being forced to wear a mask all day long and they're they're sick and tired of it because what happened was, I don't know, five months ago or so, the superintendent came out and said that his statement was, I'm not going to listen to the parents. Uh, and he kind of made a little poke at, at the parents who are, are picketing or, or um, showing a, a difference of opinion. And he really hasn't listened to any conservative parents at all over the last year. And, and you don't really expect much of, of him to listen to the mayor because he, over the weekend, probably spent, you know, 48 hours on his rebuttal to Mayor Pierce and came out with kind of a nonsensical uh, rebuttal saying that, well, we don't really mandate masks uh, because, you know, kids can, they don't have to wear a mask during recess now and they don't have to wear a mask during outdoor sports now. And our numbers aren't really great. And, you know, I don't really trust the state's stance on taking away the emergency 
declaration and and didn't really address any issues that the mayor was bringing up just kind of skated around them well and, isn't that uh, isn't it, that it, superintendent on, isn't that superintendent on the way out now though i mean isn't he isn't he like on the last few weeks of his superintendency yeah so uh superintendent is on his way out i think his last day is into june or july one and we have a new superintendent coming in which we're very hopeful as a parent myself as a parent that has kids of school age on the Kenai Peninsula Borough. I'm very hopeful that this new superintendent will apply some common sense approaches to uh, this COVID nonsense. And well, so, uh, so, so I, I really liked what I heard from Charlie Pierce because man, he just came out this, this weekend and he said, take the masks off the kids. Damn it, take the masks off them. It's not healthy for them. Get those masks off those kids. You're making their lives miserable. And uh, that's kind of, I think, what about 90% of the people on the Kenai feel. I mean, they might think that putting a mask on if you go into a hospital might be a good idea just as a safety precaution, but don't put the kids in masks. This is not the way to have a, a life. It's not why people move to Kenai. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of his statement, the mayor made a, a great point in that, you know, he's not, the mayor's stance is to not shame people that want to wear masks. You know, he made it very clear that the, the great part about giving people their personal freedom and their personal liberty is if you want to wear a mask you still can wear a mask if you're a parent that is adamant that your kid should be wearing a mask during a basketball game or during a hockey game or in recess or all day long at school you can still put a mask on your child he has no problems with that according to his statement he has a problem with a, a school board and a superintendent mandating health decisions uh, for that child as it relates to mass and you know the school board the school board stance and the superintendent stance is safety's first and i will guarantee you that the classroom will never be safe enough for these people never. you will never reach a point where you have ultimate safety and that you're going to guarantee that no kids ever going to get sick or get a boo-boo or get their feelings hurt or not get picked for the you know square ball team or you know the list goes on and on and on you cannot guarantee somebody's 100% safety. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I had a, I had a talk with the mayor, and he boiled this down to government wanting to control other people. We see and, an awful lot of it going on out there. Hey, let's talk, let's take a break off that. Uh, because you know, our reader, our listeners don't want to listen to mask, mask shaming all day. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your favorite topics. But let's talk about Kelly Chewbacca's tour on the on the Kenai. I know that she spent like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all down there on the Kenai. Through she went through Nakiski, where she she went over to your store, Nakiski Hardware, and she she hung out with people there at your coffee shop, which is a very cool little coffee shop, by the way. She did, and uh, Jakey Oliva is actually the owner of that coffee shop. She's one of the uh, co-owners of the hardware store with us, and um, you know Kelly Chewbacca is really doing a great thing out the gate here, and. I, I look at this and I think that this is a world-class foot through the front door as it relates to somebody announcing their candidacy, because when is the last time that uh, Senator Murkowski actually hung out with the average Joe? You know, I, mm -hmm. I can't think of a time, not unless you have some connection or you've flown to DC to meet her, or there's something that she needs from you in terms of votes or money or what, you know, the list goes on and on. Kelly Chewbacca is literally touring around i think she's going to be touring around the entire state right now she just hit the kenai peninsula meeting the average person 
just like myself. I consider myself an average Joe and, and understanding what their issues are and, and ways that she could potentially help. And I think from the, from the um, reactions that I've seen and heard firsthand accounts from and you know, seen Facebook posts as if this was a tremendously welcoming environment, meaning that people were oh, excited, yeah. Oh, there's so, so many people that showed up. I mean, I saw there, I mean, there's like how many people live in Nikiski, like 20. And there were like 20 of them <laughs> down there at your hardware store meeting her. It was insane. And then she went to the catch and she went to the, uh, to where else did she go? That ammo can coffee. She went down to Lanzan in Homer. The she Thai food like, place in the Nilchik. That's right. That's right. The keen cow Thai food place in the Nilchik. She went to the little study room place there in Soldotna, which is a kind of a homeschool place for kids. And she met with some parents and children there. She was everywhere. She, uh, I think she, she had breakfast with the Kenai Peninsula Republican Women's Club. I bet she talked to several hundred people over her, over the weekend. And and then she and her, her family, you know, drove back to their their home in Anchorage. And I believe they're going to go up to Matsu. That's the next phase of their, they're going to do a little road trip. And then after that, they're going to go to like Toke, Linnell and, and, and Fairbanks, I guess, once the, once the Richardson's a little clearer. So they're really, um, it's quite the impressive rollout. I got to say, it's not, um, not something we've seen in a long time, such a professional campaign and so in tune with the people. Um, I, I guess you've been hearing that that the response was good or what? Yeah, this response was overwhelmingly, I would say they people felt appreciate appreciative that they were actually being heard and listened to. And I think mm -hmm. that's almost nine tenths out of being a politician is actually just caring about what people have to say. It's not necessarily that you're going to be able to solve their problems or make their taxes lower at the drop of a hat. It's just listening and actually and actually taking what they have to say in and then having some questions back. I mean, she had many, many times I've seen and heard that she had good conversations with people. And, you know, the, the opposition released that uh, story on her, you know, costing the state $81,000 for her to move and whatnot. And we did a story on it too. And I would just say, if you're somebody who's listening and you've, and you've seen on different news stations that you know, the Kelly Chewbacca cost the state of Alaska eighty-one thousand or whatever it is. You have to understand that there is a process for that, and the process was broken. That you know, yes, she did move from Washington D.C. to Alaska. That's going to cost money, but the state's policies you have to take the lowest bid, and so the state went with the lowest bid, and it turns out to be a complete sham. These folks, and so yeah. it, it was totally outside of her control. It doesn't make it right that it costs that much money, but it's something that she had zero control in. And it's really mm -hmm. just a story they're trying to throw out there to discredit a phenomenal weekend on the Kenai Peninsula borough. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, may as well get this stuff out of the way early for her because I tell you, it's going to be just that way. I mean, she, when you put yourself up for public office, you're going to be scrutinized and everything has, is kind of Unfortunately, a lot of stuff is fair game that that should be fair game, but that's fair game because $81,000 to move sounds like a lot until you start learning more about the story, which is she asked them if they could just go with a legitimate mover, you know, just a, a legitimate van lines, but instead they, they went by, you know, shady, shady brothers. <laughs> company. And then this, this stuff got lost and they had to bring in another movie and that had to be the lowest bidder. And that company was like, a you know, the scam brothers. 
And so it was, um, it was a pretty much a disaster. And, and this is all according to the state's procurement process, which is kind of crazy, but she is, you know, born and raised Alaska. And I know that she worked in DC. So a lot of people say, well, she's been from DC. Well, okay, that's, that's fair, but she's coming she came home to Alaska and now she is running for office. I just think it's a really interesting story. First in her, in her family to ever attend college and graduate from college. And of course, she had to go to Harvard. She's quite the achiever. So let's uh, let's pivot a little bit because uh, I want to talk about a little bit about what happened over the weekend in the Anchorage mayor's race. It's kind of a big story here, and I've been, I'm following it. In fact, as we're taping this broadcast, uh, John, I feel like we're probably going to get some news in the door pretty soon about the most recent numbers. They've counted a lot of ballots, and uh, Dave Bronson, who is the conservative candidate, has pulled ahead. Uh, Forrest Dunbar by about 500 votes. And what I've heard today is there's about 15,000 more votes that are inside the election central ready to be counted. That means we're going to go probably easily over 75,000 votes in this election, which is a pretty good turnout. At first, you know, people didn't turn out early, but boy, I tell you, they turned out late. And those late votes are really swinging more heavily toward uh, Dave Bronson, who is, like I said, the conservative. So we'll probably expect to see his, his lead grow a little bit. But interestingly enough, over the weekend, we caught wind that the, the Anchorage Police Department Employees Association, that's the union, was getting ready to endorse Forrest Dunbar. And it was really pretty shocking. I mean, you know, you and I were kind of shocked. We put up a poll on Facebook saying, what do you think they should do? Do you think the police union should endorse Forrest Dunbar? I mean, after all, you and I both know, and a lot of listeners know that he's the one who who was on uh, Twitter saying, I'm so proud of my family for going down there to the Portland riots and rioting, <laughs> you know, wasn't in those words, but it was during the Portland riots, his cousin and his sister, and they went down and they, they, were, they were joining the Wall of Moms, which is a, a, a very hard left group of women and people who identify as women who stand between the police and the Black Lives Matter rioters and the Antifa rioters. And they have these shirts on that say, wall of moms and they kind of dare the police officers to attack them as mothers and so the police of course can't do anything and the rioters continue to riot the police can't get to them because they just know the optics of going through these people who have moms written on their shirts is just horrible so these wall of moms are just they enable rioting they enable destruction and he was so proud of his cousin and his sister for going down there and joining in the riots, essentially. That's what it is, it's riots. And, you know, is that, that made it a little bit odd that, that the police would consider endorsing him. But what happened is that the, uh, the rank and file members of the, of the police department, they gave the union, the, just, they just gave them hell. They just said, are you kidding us? And they all said, you will not endorse Forrest Dunbar. And in the end, they didn't. They endorsed no one. Uh, the, the executive board of the union, they really wanted to endorse Forrest because I know that there, there's uh, the leader of the union is really close friends with Forrest. They're like hunting and fishing buddies. And uh, he couldn't get it across the membership. The membership said no. And so they, they endorsed no one, which is, you know, that's, that's better than endorsing Dunbar, I guess. But uh, they just can't bring themselves to endorse Bronson. They don't know enough about him. But I got to tell you, from what I can tell, every single police officer in that force is going to vote for 
Dave Bronson. It's fascinating. And we, we focus on this really because 38% of Alaskans live in the city of Anchorage. And, and what happens for the mayor's race here affects the whole state. You've got people who and they travel here to get to the mighty Matsu, or they travel here to get down to the Kenai, crazy Kenai, where you live, or they go to Fairbanks or anywhere else. They're always on the road, but they're going through Anchorage. And so the Anchorage uh, elections really have a big impact on everybody in the state. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, people have to, I think, wrap their minds around this ridiculous double standard that Forrest Dunbar was cheering on his family for being a part of the federal siege of the federal uh, courthouse there in Portland. This took place over 30 something days. I mean, maybe even longer than that. Oh. And yeah. there's, uh, you know, images and videos all over, even major news channels of people rioting on a federal prison for days and days and days, if not a number of months. Well, it was a federal, was, it was a federal, it was a federal courthouse. Federal courthouse, federal yeah. courthouse. Yeah. The, although prison courthouse, I don't know. And he was in, he was all but all but encouraging and excited that his family was taking part in this. Now, if you flip that around, and you had a you had a you know handful of idiotic, uh, maybe not thinking correctly, uh, excited idiotic is probably not the right term, but very excited people going into the white going in and, and doing the uh, sniff around after the Trump speech uh, there in D.C. And that took place for what, half a day or something like that. And Forrest Dunbar was adamantly against that, that that, you know, that God forbid people did that for five or six hours, but his family being a part of something that was took, you know, two months on federal property and a federal courthouse seizing it. I mean, people got, I mean, there's, there is video on there of people just going crazy and throwing projectile bombs basically into the yeah they were essentially incendiary devices they were trying to burn it down and and this was all happening in seattle it was happening in portland it's during all this unrest and, it's and, pretty, and the left uh, and the left's fine with that the left doesn't that you have to realize this if you're a conservative sitting in your house in anchorage the left is fine with that and dunbar is fine with that and so when you go to cast your vote for this um when you're going to vote uh, the next time when it's uh, Dave Bronson and Dunbar. So that's going to be May 11th. Yeah, May, May 11th, 11th. Realize you have a choice. You have a guy that could care less if people are uh, trying to overturn federal courthouses. And you have a guy, Dave Bronson, who wants to uphold the law and who wants to respect the law. You have a guy, Forrest Dunbar, who thinks that the uh, Constitution is made by a bunch of white supremacists who's made and it's made for only white supremacists. And you have a guy that like Dave Bronson, who uh, thinks it's one of the best documents ever created. You have a very clear distinction here. Oh, if you're a voter in Anchorage, could do you more. want it's... your city to thrive or do you want your city to turn into a homeless cesspool pit? You, yeah. One or two choices. Well, they really, it is really, truly uh, a very bright line between these two. These guys are very much different. And I think that in a way that's good. You're not kind of voting between mush and mush. You're voting between people who are going to have a stand-up guy, it's really sort of solid American, or a guy who is kind of Antifa light. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how the other votes go, though. We had Bill Falsey, and he had 7,826 votes. Now, he was kind of a sleeper candidate, and he's a former, former manager of the city. 
And so a lot of people in the city who are like in the municipality, they, they like Bill. They've worked with him. He's treated them well and they like his management style. Then they know him. But that vote really tells me that those people, they do not like Forrest Dunbar. Those aren't, those aren't people who were, are maybe set, you know, all that warm to Bronson because Bronson is maybe more conservative, but they really don't like Forrest. Uh, and Forrest is going to have to win them over. But the problem is they already know him. They know what he's like. They know how he treats people. They've seen his clenched fist. They know that he's always, you know, throwing pens when he's angry. He, he's, a, he's a really angry man. And many of these people, I think, are municipal workers. I really think that that Bill, that Bill Falsey vote is going to split out toward uh, Dave Bronson because they just already said what they thought about um, about Forrest Dunbar. And then, then there's the votes for Mike Robbins. Um, he only got 4,457 votes so far. I'll probably pick up a few more in these late ballots. But those, he, he's, he's already endorsed Bronson. He's, he's pledged his support, he's signed locations, and he's asking his uh, voters to vote for Bronson. He's already arranging to do a fundraiser sometime this or next week for uh, Dave Bronson. And then Bill Evan voters, that's kind of an interesting one. They're, they're, they're true moderates. Uh, these are real moderate people. Uh, there's some business leaders who really supported Bill Evans. Uh, that was 5686 votes. And I really truly think these people are probably going to come over for, for uh, Bronson because they know that Forrest Dunbar is not a friend of the private sector. And then the last one that I thought was interesting was George Martinez, and he had 2006 votes. And I don't know anything about those voters. I, I think he's more conservative than, than people give him credit for. He's a nonpartisan. But I do think about 70% of those votes will probably go for Dunbar. And uh, that's just a hunch. So we don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's still a pretty progressive town. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'm hopeful that people will get off their keisters and go vote because kind of like what we saw with the Felix Rivera recall, you know, they could they got 5,000 signatures or more than that. Uh, but then when it came D-Day to actually go and vote, you know, where are those people at? They've got it's nothing against them. They got jobs and kids and sporting events and PTA and selling Girl Scout cookies and the list goes on. This Anchorage cannot change and will only get worse if conservatives don't go out and vote. And I think that Bronson has a good chance of winning just as you do just simple math here. He's got a real good chance of winning, but he does not have any chance of winning if people don't get out and vote. And you will see a tremendous, I think you will see the uh, Dunbar campaign go heavy negative, whether it's through uh, PACs or not, against uh, Dave Bronson. And it doesn't even have to be true stuff. They're just going to throw anything up on the wall. And if it sticks, they're going to be excited. And just know that there's going to be a ton of probably lies being told about the conservative candidate. And you just got to not pay attention to it. If it comes from the mainstream media, it's most likely not true. Um, so just keep <laughs> so that in mind. So interesting, interestingly enough, we just saw that today, uh, Forrest Dunbar filed his first big salvo, which was a, a huge APOC complaint, Alaska Public Offices Commission complaint against Bronson, making all these outrageous claims and saying that he is, you know, there are all these dark money from the, the dark money groups called Save Anchorage. They're calling this group of, of people on Facebook dark money. I mean, last month they were calling them something else. They were calling them uh, uh, some right-wing KKK. They're, you know, they're just, they're really nut, nutty what they call these people. It's just a group on Facebook that uh, wants to make Anchorage a better place. 
And so they filed a, a big APOC complaint against the Bronson campaign to try to tie them up, keep them busy answering the APOC complaint and keeping them from actually focusing on campaigning. So that's the first big salvo. But uh, I think it will be close. I don't think that's gonna be a walk in the park for Bronson. Every, every man, every woman on deck here to um, make sure that we get good leadership here in Anchorage because my goodness, we have suffered the last six years with some, I mean, we've been eight months now without an actually elected mayor. We've got to have an appointed mayor for six, for six months. It'll, it'll be eight months by the time we get a new mayor and because they, they, they have the runoff May 11th and then that person is sworn in like the 30th of June. And so it's going to be eight months of, of having an unelected mayor run this city, which, by the way, she put some another emergency order up today, and that was fun. We'll talk about that. So uh, before we go, I want to talk about the leg wrestling party down in Juneau. Um, I don't mean it. This, not metaphorically. They actually am do, they are actually doing leg wrestling down there, apparently. We didn't know that. Uh, it's the leg wrestling caucus. Um, so this was the party that was being held over in the Terry Miller building. So Representative David Eastman tried to get a sense of the House through the House, whether or not the tape should be released about, you know, that showed what was happening in that party. And what's interesting about that party is that there are people who were members of the public who were in the party. Somebody gave one of the members of the public a key fob for the building, which, you, you know, just imagine you're working in D.C. and you're an aide to most well, Senator, Senator Stevens or something, Senator, Senator Sullivan. And let's just say you gave uh, your, your friend a key to the building, the key to the Capitol building to go out and get some more beer. I mean, do you think you'd be in trouble? I mean, I think you'd really be in huge trouble if you gave somebody a key to the Capitol building. Well, that's what they did. They gave somebody a key to the Capitol building so that they could go out and get more beer for their party. And so uh, that beer party kind of went on and, until it was just um, playing ping pong. We're hearing from sources that it wasn't beer pong, it was beer and it was pong but it was not beer pong with the red cups and everything. But nobody, but nobody is denying that there was leg wrestling going on. What everybody wants to know is who was leg wrestling, who won, and um, were they wearing masks? Because they want everybody else to wear masks, right? So the, the, uh, the question is, is all on the videotape and David Eastman wanted to sense the house should that tape be released so we can, these, these poor legislators can clear their names? Well, you know, that was just not gonna work, is it? And what we saw today is that that sense of the house got referred to three committees. So basically health and social service committee, the judiciary, and then community regional affairs. So that thing is buried six feet underground and it is <laughs> never gonna see the light of day. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that um, if if uh, I'm an elected official who was at the party or somebody else who was at the party, I think they're missing a point on why people are upset. It's you could have had, you know, they're arguing. Well, we didn't have wine coolers. We had Miller Lite there, and we, you know, we didn't play beer pong. We just played ping pong and had beer, and we didn't, um, you know, we only played basketball. And that you're missing the entire point. The entire point is that the elected officials in Alaska have set up a series of rules that have basically not allowed the public to enter these buildings and have said, if you do, you got to wear a mask and you got to get 47 COVID shots and you got to, you know, uh, drink the sweat of Oprah Winfrey and you got to do all these crazy things 
to get in the building and but oh you know hold the hold my beer for a second those rules don't apply to us after hours when we're in a building that we know people can't get the video footage for and who knows how many of these things they've done over the past and you know one of the things that i've heard people say is uh you know were people drinking at this party and then going to drive how do we know that they didn't do that these are things that people are upset about because the the it goes to saying the rules are for thee uh, the rules are for thee, but not for me. And so, you know, we're going to enforce and mandate all these rules for you, but we don't have to oblige by any of them. And we can have our friends come in and we can give them these key codes that nobody else is supposed to have. And then somehow you're trying to make us feel sorry for you that this happened to you. And that is falling mm-hmm. on deaf, ear, deaf ears and your excuses of, oh, it was actually basketball. It wasn't beer pong. That is <laughs> right, meaningless. It literally doesn't matter. It's the fact is that people have admitted to drinking. They've admitted to some sort of sport event. They've admitted to somebody. People were in the building that were not supposed to be in the building. That's the big deal. And the fact that you don't want us to see this tape means that there's something on the tape, whether it's activities or uh, people verbalizing things that they don't want the public to know that they verbalize. There is something on those tapes. And I guarantee you, that there is somebody out there that is going to sue the uh, the folks to get this tape because we own the tape, we pay for the tape, we pay for the our our permanent fund goes to you know cover some of those expenses. We will get somebody is going to get that tape, and uh, you know be careful what you do. And uh, you know if you're on tape, you're on tape. It's not my fault. Yeah. So what basically you got these people who are who are setting up a little speakeasy in the building right next behind the Capitol. So. I heard uh, this week that this isn't the first party they've had there. This has kind of been a, an ongoing thing. They have a little speakeasy that they do. They're invite, invitation only. So they're inviting people in from the public. Meanwhile, the, the formal rules say nobody from the public. And, yeah. then, and then, you know, they don't want to go down to the bars and drink because they just, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be videotaped by people on their cell phones or, or you know, get in trouble with their spouses or whatever, being showing up at the bars. So this is just not a good look because you're right. You know, our permanent fund dividends are taxed by about 50%. And that 50% is being used to run government. That means we are being taxed. And so those tapes are being paid for by our tax dollars. And so it's kind of interesting because I think that uh, ultimately, if somebody did sue for those tapes, they probably would have to release them. I think that perhaps the even the Supreme Court would say, look, at you've got tapes in public places. It is in the public interest. And we'll see what happens about that. Hey, everybody, before we go, hey, for the rest of the week, be sure to sign up for Must Read Alaska Newsletter. You're going to get a ton of great content there. And you'll get uh, Club MRAC, which is the daily bulletin from the halls of the Capitol building there. And you'll get all the great scoop there. Sign up for all the newsletters at mustreadalaska.com. And tune in for the midweek show, which is up by Thursday morning. Scott Levesque does this. And I have a, a feeling that this week he is going to bring the hammer down on the mayor about her new emergency order 20. So if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for helping us stand up for what's right in Alaska. If you wanna support us, the donate button is on the right side at mustreadalaska.com. And that allows us to stay strong, independent, thoughtful against the blue wave of the activist media. And next week, we're gonna make sure that 
John's mic works better there in Nikiski. We're going to get a huge cell tower over there for you so that you have your own personal cell tower and there's no more of this dragging voice thing. Until next week, signing off from somewhere in Alaska. <laughs>